The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Hey, everybody. I'm so excited. It's been an up and down day. We were all excited because we were going to have one of the best mediums in the world, one of the best known mediums in the world, the most evidential mediums in the world, James Van Prague. And then we found out he couldn't come. And I told my whole class of the Shift Network, join me anyway. We'll do Q&A. Then I got the word he could join us afterwards. And I have to tell you, it speaks so highly of him because he rearranged his schedule because he knew how important this was to meet with all of you. So we'll let him talk all about himself, but let's just get him in here. We're all just a bit knocked off balance by this crazy day, but I am thrilled to introduce the world famous, if not infamous, James Van Prague. Thanks, Suzanne. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. It's, a, it's been one hell of a day, if I do say so. And um, I just got to Florida yesterday and it was uh, delays and all that. And then today was some crazy stuff, but... Hey, it all works out. You got to laugh through it, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And I know that we're going to have some people say that your sound quality is not the best because he even we couldn't even get the computer to go. So he's talking through his phone just because we got to make this work for everybody. So just bear with that. And it's really all about just the conversation we're going to have. So let's just dive right in. I know everybody who's on the show knows all about what mediumship is about, but you're here, you're in Florida because you're going to do a demonstration of mediumship tonight. Yes. Now I, you've had this crazy day with like, you told me you had a, a wardrobe malfunction Yeah, and, yeah, and now you're doing this last minute interview. Yeah, what is it that's going to allow you to get up there and bring through spirits? Like there was nothing wrong. Because it, there's no, it's you know, it's just uh, first of all, the many things. Uh, number one, I love the work, the passion, and um, the way to do it. And I've had, I'm sure you've had these crazy times during a day of a demonstration. It's funny because I tell my students, you need to rest for that day that you really prepare your mind for the work. And I wanted to, but but it, it's all fine. It's all just a lot of a uh, lot of energy going around. But when I get into that space, and, and I've already been starting to work with them. I just open up my mind to get into that space and it's 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 wonderful. I use that craziness for passion and fun and joy and love. And when I step in there, I'm the best. I, I do my work. That's it. And when you say I've already begun working with them, I got the goosebumps. You mean tell everybody I know what you mean, but you tell sure. Me. So the day of a demonstration, how I work is I, I just really will be mindful of that space above my mind, the, the space around me, the fields around me. I send out those thoughts of um, a gratitude and then I'm ready to receive them tonight. I'm, I'm looking forward to working with them tonight and I'm excited to work with them. And I think about that and I don't, that's about it. And I open up that space and just let it be because I don't want to overthink it. I don't want to um, uh, uh, really kind of uh, 
block that space. I want it to be as open as, as possible, but I do fill it with love and joy and my passion for the work is the best way because it's going to be healing and love that's coming through. And we as mediums are the vessels of that love. And it's so great. Yeah. And, and now, even though everybody who's on the show watching now knows what a medium is, some people are new, they're on the grief journey and it's drawn them to this kind of program. And so I just want to make sure they understand when you say them, you're talking about the spirits who already know their loved ones are going to be in the audience. That's right. That's right. Because no such thing as time and that we step outside of time and and the spirit um it, it's very interesting because with grieving people uh, many times it forces them to get on their spirit path and many times people pass over children or partners or so forth, and it forces that loved one behind to question what uh, how could god do this why would this happen to me and in a way it kind of forced them on their spiritual path to start questioning things i found that many many times and the spirit people that that love that that we've created with them, that's what survives. Love is the only thing that's real. And it's that love that they want you to know that they're alive. There is no such thing as death. It's all energy and you cannot kill energy. So that's really what it's about, not killing energy. We have to step out of the human mindset and get into the spiritual mindset. So part of the work I do as well is teaching. I, I teach people how I do the go through the process of mediumship. I teach them how the spirits are coming close to me. Because as you know, Suzanne, that there's different, every single demonstration we do, it's very, very different. Uh, you work with your audience, with the members of the audience, you work with the spirit people, and you yourself as a medium is that the three aspects there. And um, I, I just I just love the work so much and have fun with it and then to have a good sense of humor. So I use the humor, but you also find it's very important to teach the people in the audience how the process of mediumship works and how their loved ones are around them. And even though I might not be able to bring them through that night, they are definitely around them. And sometimes they do some exercises where people feel them next to them. And uh, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, do three, four, ten messages. Uh, every message is for every single person because we all have that you experience that we share. So we all share that experience. And by touching one heart, you touch many. Yeah. Oh, gosh. It's so interesting. I, I will be talking later in this program about a, an opportunity everybody will have to learn from you, which is going to be so exciting. I'm. It's with the Shift Network. And I've never attended or, or had one of your classes. But as a faculty member, I get to attend classes. So you can be sure I'm going to be sitting oh, in my unit class. But I just uh, just finished one of my classes. In fact, we have extra extra high number of attendance right now because I told my students you're, you're gonna you you would be our guest today, and uh, <laughs> we, the question came up at the end about what is the difference between one on one readings and gallery demonstrations or group readings like you're going to be doing this evening. And it is different. And I gave an answer to the class. I think it would be interesting for anybody, whether they're a student or not, to know the difference in how you handle that energy and what makes them different. Wow. Well, it's, it's a good question. It's a very good question. And it is very different in that, um, from my experience, the one-on-one, -on -one, you know, how, how we handle a one-on-one -on -one private reading is very different than a demonstration. So in a private reading before the person even gets there, I'll be aware that they're going to be showing up, let's say it's 11 o'clock in the morning. And I'll be aware at least an hour before I get myself to a lovely space and I open myself up and I I, I, I sit in the power and uh, bring myself up to this lovely receptive space. And I welcome who's ever going to be there that day to be there. And, and really when I meet with a person or persons in a private reading, I will, number one, take away their, if they have any of um, hesitation or fear or uh, their first time, I will gladly help them to understand what this is about. I give a little philosophy about it. And, um, and uh, 
many times in the past, I've started reading on a psychic level and that I tuned into them on an intuitive level first. And, and that was in some ways, um, and I tried different things to help them to realize, oh, this is real. Oh, how do you know that? Oh, this is real. And then I say, whoever comes through, comes through. Don't try so hard. And a private, well, I tell this to a de demonstration, but the most important thing for people on private is not to try. Don't, I tell them, please, it's a no brainer. Don't get in the way of the spirit because you fill that space up around you with what you want and that desire, it'll block the space. Yes, indeed. Yeah, so I give them the direction of that. And uh, I say, you know, the spirit people know what's going to happen. They know uh, you're here and they'll do the best they can. But what you can do is just be open-minded and listen to what they say. Um, and as we know, um, and this again applies to a demonstration, the spirit will come through with evidential mediumship, which of course is details known and to the spirit. And um, the, inter the interesting thing is, you know, you as a medium, you don't know what the heck you're talking about, which is incredible, but hopefully the person in the room does. And many times they don't understand until much later on. And as a medium, you have to be just say, that, this is what I'm receiving. Um, uh, when you talk to a group demonstration, a demonstration for me is I'm very aware of the energy of the room. I'm very aware of all the different, um, and many times I'll see the auras, I'll see the aura fields around people. Uh, and when I come in a group dynamic, it changes not only your individual energy, but that your individual put in there will change the entire group energy, see? And, and, th and then you work with that. And I make sure group demonstration, many times I come out with uh, high music, a uh, beautiful fun music, dancing music. I tell some jokes, have fun. I bring up the vibration. It's a very important to bring up that vibration of energy yeah. to a higher level because you have a lot of people in that room who are indeed grieving, who have never been to a medium, who think, oh, it's part of the, an evil thing, or gosh, what's he gonna say? And they, they have no clue. So I find it's important to work with the energy to bring up that vibration that, uh, as well as we can with, with um, uh, the humor of love, uh, joy, if you will, because there is no death. And once you realize there's no death, there's only life, there's only love there. Yeah. So once people are, are um, uh, I feel their energy, the group energy, the dynamic, that they're calmed down, that's ready to receive, I'm also sharing with them the process of how the spirit will come close. And I'll say, I'm gonna take this person over here and these people over here. Now this is something very interesting, Suzanne. I don't know if you've experienced this, but, and this probably happened, uh, five years ago, six years ago, when I was working with a group, I was very aware of a band of spirits above the group of the, the audience, and then another band of spirits. And I realized that those bands of spirits had nothing to do with the audience members, but they were just observing so that at another late time, they can have the opportunity themselves to join a demonstration. So they just were watching the process of- Wow. Wow. It's so interesting, James, because in the class I just taught, I, I had the group, I gave them an assignment to do a visualization and imagine all these spirits around and applauding and being cheerleaders. You're taking it literally and figuratively to another level that- Yeah. Ooh, that's good. Gives me goosebumps. I love that. Why? It's like a choir, a band of choir. And I'm like, who are you? We, well, they have nothing, my guide said, they have nothing to do with this, this experience right now, but they're observing it so that later they can try, they can attempt to do it. And they're learning that process of how to do it. So that was fascinating. Oh, Just yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, there's one thing, you may not remember this, but when we had dinner together in uh, Los Angeles a few years yeah. ago, I shared this with you. I was almost embarrassed to share this, but... Uh, it's publicly in my book, Messages of Hope, that I had no idea I would be working as a medium one day. And I was sailing across the Atlantic with my husband. We sailed to Italy and went into a U.S. Navy base where they had books in English. Having been sailing around the Mediterranean, I was so excited. 
to get to read something in English. And there was one of your books. Oh, wow. Yeah, a paperback in the in the bookstore. And wow. so I got the book and I was interested. Oh, mediums. I, those are really interesting people. <laughs> Having no idea that I would be a medium. So I got the book. I was just a couple years retired from being in the Navy. And in this book, I'm reading in the cockpit of my boat as we're sailing around. And you're talking about the spirit world and people in, in the spirit world working and having jobs and, you know, and having homes and flying, visiting places. And I shut the book like this. And I thought, if my husband sees me reading this, he's going to think I'm crazy. And I told you at dinner, I threw the book out. <laughs> my husband would find it. And six weeks later, my stepdaughter was killed. Wow. And my whole journey changed. And all of a sudden, I need to know everything I could about mediumship. Right. And of course, now today, I know that everything you wrote was true. But it's just how our lives change, right? I'm, I know many people listening are in that same boat now. Something has brought them to you today, to this podcast today. Will you tell us about the spirit world? What are they doing working over there? I yeah, know, but I, I think Suzanne, as, as long as we can start accepting the intelligence of that world, yeah, things like you know when we think in coincidence, well, coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous because there's such an intelligence in that world that we have. I mean, it's just beyond the human spectrum. So interesting enough, you asked me about it because I'm in Florida, as you know, just came to do a demonstration, and I. I printed this book out to read on the plane, and it's called Excursions of the Spirit World. Oh. <laughs> it was late, early 1900s by Frederick Skullhorn. And it talks about the other side and all the different levels and spheres on the other side, where there are factories and there are museums and there are, and very interesting. It's so interesting. So I love that, that sense of coincidence because um, my sister just passed recently, probably about three or four weeks ago. Oh, my. She was doing mediumship work herself. But she said to me, um, she said, James, you have to understand, we're all part of all different worlds. We're part of this world and that world and world world simultaneously. There's a world of academics. There's a world of creativity. There's a world of philosophy. And she said, we can choose those worlds to work on the aspects of our souls as we evolve. And I'm like, wow, that's really fascinating. It's really fascinating. But it, 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 they're very all different spheres and levels. Side. And we first cross over, we go to the what we call the astral or lower world. And, and it's very much like the material physical world that we have here. And there are houses and boats and trees. And the one thing I love, um, Anthony Borgia wrote a, a wonderful book about life on the other side, Life in the World Unseen, it's called. Yep. You know yep. that book. And, and wonderful how he, he wrote that. And the thing I love was aesthetically, you can have a house and it's built from people's passion about how they designed that house. So it's their design that created that house. And aesthetically, it's in perfect proportion to land space around it. Everything there is done through the passion that people have, whether it's stained glass windows, whether it's creating um, beautiful gardens. There was one thing they talk about, which is so lovely, where there might be somebody at their house and they're waving hello to some new friends. And the friends say hello and they throw flowers to their friends and the flower petals stick into their floor and it stays there. <laughs> I mean, there's so many magical things over there that you live your passion. And the one thing I always say to people, which I think is really important in the spiritual path of ours, is everybody has to realize that what you give out energetically with thoughts and words, you will receive when you pass to that other side of life. You'll see the life that you created based on your thoughts, your words or your deeds. And that's very, very real. Very yeah. real.
as you know, you've been a lot of people had a lot of regrets in the Passover. I wrote a book years ago called Unfinished Business because I got so tired of having spirits coming through and saying, if only I knew then what I know now. Oh, oh yes. yes. Right? Yeah. Or I see this, and that means my eyes have been open across yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they say, well, I would have chosen love instead of fear. So I often say that life is very simple. And as humans, we are caught up in the simplicity of the, the complexity of the simplicity. It's simple, but we make it more complex. And I think that really life is a series of choices. And all choices are based upon two things, either love or fear. And that's all there is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the people that question that, good. Because the more you question that, you'll get it. And it really does boil down to that simplicity. It does. And, yeah. and it's nothing to do about us. It's just we are souls. We always remember we're souls having human experience and not the other way around. And if we look at our life that way, that these are lessons. And the hardest lessons are reserved for those who are advanced souls. And those, those are some really tough lessons. Losing a child, I think, is one of the hardest lessons on this earth. And I, I just I just feel that if people, they knew this was our school. It's not the real thing. It's just we have to learn about compassion and love and forgiveness and, you know, Know, these are the things we have to learn. This is how we learn it in this school of Earth. Yeah. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Yeah. Well, you are known as a pioneer of mediumship in this yeah, I'm country. Old. I'm old. You're old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't look it and you don't act it. But tell us what it was like before we now have thousands of people studying mediumship and wanting to know well, about it and it's becoming yeah. more mainstream. What was it like well, to be a pioneer? That's whatever I can feel like crying is validation there. So thank you. I'm going to cry. But um, uh, you know, when I went to uh, how it all came down was back in the early 90s, I think late 80s or 90s. And I went to a British medium. I didn't believe in mediumship. A friend dragged me to this guy. And um, I, I, I came out to be a sitcom writer to Los Angeles because I'm funny. So I'd make money as a sitcom writer. And he looked at me and he said, you're a medium. And I said, huh? And he said, the spirit world, they want to use you. And in two years time, they're going to use you to change the conscious, help to change the consciousness of the planet. And I was like, okay, I, I'm a cynical New Yorker. I heard that California was land of fruit and nuts. And I think I found someone perfect. So he got, he brought through some incredible information, very good facts and details. And to make a long story short, I started reading up as many books as I could on life after death and psychic phenomenon, Edgar Casey, astral projection, and so forth. And I started meditating because there was something that he had that it felt right to me, something there. And I wanted to find out more. So, um, and I worked through a lot of temporary jobs at the time trying to make some money. You were how old at the time? 25, 26. I think and you, and you, were not, you were not seeing spirits. So you were not. No, I held that. How they used to see spirit. Uh, okay. not, not a lot. I would see them, but it was very natural. My mother said, oh, I should see them too. It wasn't a big deal. I didn't see them all the time, but I'd see them standing in a room. Um, so that I was Irish Catholic growing up, so we saw a lot of, a lot of girls and uh, a lot of spirits standing next to their coffin. Pretty funny. Wow. So um, then what happened was um, uh, there were no mediums at the time. What happened was uh, there was a girl at work who was working at Paramount Studios, and um, she came into her, her cubicle, and I looked in this dead lady, he's a spirit lady, but 
but I saw very clearly. And the lady looked at me and she said, I'm her grandmother. You have to tell her about Idaho, the house in Idaho with the yellow house, the white shutters and more details. And the girl understood everything. And I freaked out. I was like, oh, this is, I, I, I freaked out. I ran out of that Paramount, never to go back again. And I went to the apartment and I was like, what am I going to do? Because I'm crazy. People think I'm crazy. How can I live in a regular world? So I called up that man, that Brian Hurst, and I told him, and he said, James, don't you remember when you, the prediction of spirit world made? Said, yeah. He said, that was just two years ago today. Oh, wow. The exact day. And, and, and it was tough in those days because, you know, Susan, I've always been myself. I don't, whatever people think of me is none of my business. I'd never cared what people have thought about me. I really never have. Wow. I think because of the mission, this mission. But I started doing private readings for people and it was all word of mouth. Was just caught up and then and no one was doing it. George Anderson from Long Island, I, I meet him there. John Edward wasn't there yet, so there yet. I was, um, Unsolved Mysteries came to my house, wanted to use me, so okay, they did a show with that. Then an NBC show called The Other Side was on, and that was the first show that I was ever on, and I was a regular guest on that show like 10 times. And, and, and then from that, um, gosh, a lot of things started happening. Um, I, I wrote my book, Talking to Heaven. And then that went to number one uh, very quickly and uh, uh, went crazy. And then a producer called me up and she wanted me to do a TV show for the Fox or for the Science Fiction Network. And um, I just said no. And I said, but I know someone in Long Island to do that. And it was John Edward. And I said, yeah. he can do it. He's in New York. I'm in California. And that's how that started. With And then that from that, you know, myself and then John, and then it all started, really. And then, yeah, that's yeah. me. <laughs> That's beautiful. Just bringing it into millions of home mediumship, but with the evidence, that's what makes the difference. You know, you, you've called yourself a comedian, and I've had the pleasure of, of sitting in on one of your large group demonstrations at a, a conference in California. And I want to tell you that when I first started this I, uh, mediumship, to me, I was a my left brain rigidness was still on board for my Navy career. And I thought this is so sacred because a medium showed me my stepdaughter is still with us that yeah. I went to see another medium who I will not say her name, but she's also a comedian. And I thought that's sacrilege. Why are you bringing in humor when all I want to do is know that my daughter is here and she's okay. I couldn't bring humor into mediumship. I'll tell you, I've changed my tune now, but completely. But I would love to hear your thoughts about somebody who might say, how can you joke around about this? My loved one is dead. Right. So so I think, first of all, it has to be natural. So I, I'm pretty naturally a funny, good, I have a good sense of humor. And it's got to be done with respect. And it's got to be done with integrity. Mm. I think integrity and respect are the number one keys in mediumship. And I don't care who anyone is. So I would never do it in a place to make fun of or to ridicule a such. It's always a way to help someone. I, I think that we're the ambassadors of the spirit world. And, and, and when you're an ambassador of the spirit world, you have to, I think, put yourself in another level of that sense of integrity and respect. But I think it has to be also the joy and the love be portrayed to their loved one. And some of these personalities of these spirits have pretty great personalities. Oh, and yeah. They, and they're they have, funny. And they're <laughs> And they, we got to convey that. We have to be fair enough. That conveyance of the personality. I can't say how many thousands of times I've had people say, Oh my God, his personality is just like that. He used to do that. Oh my God, that's amazing. You know, because that personality has to come through that way. It's done in a matter of respect and integrity. But if I was just to stand up there and just give out facts and details, it would be pretty boring. And that wouldn't be fair to them because they don't, they don't live in a world of just facts and details. They, well, they still have fun and, and it's love. 
Yeah. You realize there's no death. There's love. There's joy. Yeah, I love that. Uh, that is the key right there. And I, I, if I were to go back to that time when I was judging and disdaining because I was hurting, and that's why we usually judge and hurt you know, because we're hurting and grief. I know that that other medium was respectful, but just funny. So that is a beautiful point you made. I love and, that. And also the, 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 the humor cuts down that fear people might have or, or the anxiousness they might have. So it cuts down. I once went to, and it was pretty funny. I went to a New Jersey doing an event and it was, um, I love Bruce Springsteen. It was where it was in Asbury Park. And the stage hand there said he was sitting like about 10B every time he comes. So, and it was a very cold, cold winter there. And the people in the audience were very cold and they were down. There was like, the energy was very down. Oh God, I have to get the energy up here. That's my, I have to create that space for spirit people to work. So I get out on the stage. I said, hey, how are you doing? Yeah, it's very park. And I said, I heard Bruce might be here. Bruce, are you here? And I went down to the seats and I looked at the two. See, are you here? Where are you, Bruce? And I walked all around. I ran all around the theater. People said, who is this crazy guy? And then, okay. And then they just loved it. They laughed. It opened up the energy. That's what yes. And yeah. then in the work. And then they trusted me. They loved the humor. And they, they got it. And they were part. Of, oh, this guy's just down to earth. He's really fun. And he's really. And then they can listen. Then they'll listen more. See? Then yeah. they're then I'll listen more. I love it. But also that ha you made another excellent point for because I know we have a lot of students watching. Yeah. That it has to be natural, right? Yeah. I, I could get up there and try to be a comedian and would fall flat and then wouldn't be able to make a connection. But yeah. But with your with your background, it's very important because you have that left brain analytical background. It's a great foundation for mediumship, especially evidential mediumship, because you want the details. And I th that that's a very, very important part. I think that all mediums have to bring their personality through. And we need all these, like students, we need all different types of mediums with all different personalities through, because there's so many spirits that want to come through. We just got to remain true to ourselves, you know? And I think the more we know ourselves, the more honest we would be. Yeah. Well, speaking of you teaching in the class, let's bring it up now because I would not want to miss this opportunity. I have a banner here. Yes, yeah. in, in the show description on YouTube and on my Facebook page, there's a link to register for a free event you're doing. You're going to do some teaching with Stephen Dynam from the Shift Network yes. and run everybody through a guided meditation into a trance state, which is exciting. I yes. can't wait. On May 30th, if I remember. You start then. Yeah, that's correct. Yep. And then they'll introduce an upcoming course that you have with the Shift Network. So you have to register for the free event, and but that's free for everybody. But then the course, seven-week course, right? It's an intense seven-week course. Yeah. And at first, you worked with Shift before. I've never worked with them before. So yeah. I did a whole seven weeks of mediumship. And then they told me, well, we can't do really that of breakout rooms. Oh, okay. how do you do mediumship without breakout rooms? Okay. Let me but you can do breakout rooms. You can do, she told me later, but I read it another whole seven modules and it's great because they wanted to use for my, I have a school online, uh, the JVP School of Mystical Arts, and they want to use some of that. So I do, it's, it's the essence of the soul and it's mediumship using the essence of the soul and the gifts of the abilities of the soul, aspects of the soul to number one, understand intuition, number one, understand the sense of a healing, what mediumship is, how the soul is being used in these different ways and different disciplines. And bringing yourself to that state of receptivity so you've, and awareness, you're able to receive the spirit in different ways. So that's really what the course is going to be about. That's going to be great. Like I said, I'll be listening, but I also am going to be listening to your free event because yeah. 
So even if nobody wants to take the course, you'll love the event. Stephen Dynan said it was off the charts. Energy. We had a great time. I mean, Stephen, I think was kind of, I never met him. I think he was kind of blown away a little bit. And it was such a nice, uh, informative time. And I got a lot of stuff in there for people. We did one exercise, the spirit comes close to you and you feel them. And I, I think it went really, you, know, you can feel it when it goes very, very well. And it, it was really, really all enjoyed it. Nice, nice. Yeah, the Shift Network is totally on board with mediumship now because it's it's the wave now. Why would we want to just get our answers from this level when we know that we can all go higher and talk to our loved ones and guides and angels? It's the best. It's the best. Yeah, and know they're around us all the time and know when they're with us and we can call upon them and, and to realize that we never walk alone. They walk side by side all the time. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you a fun question here. Oh. I, I glanced over on my desk and I have this package of oatmeal here for a reason. It's a reminder to me of a time when I was looking standing in a hotel we're going to teach a class the next day and out of the corner of my eye a package of oatmeal just like this at a starbucks counter slid down in the basket then slid back up and it was done by the mother of the student of mine that was walking by just then it was and like it was physical mediumship i said who just did that and it turns out that woman's mother was an oatmeal fanatic she loved wow. oatmeal so she got my attention by moving this bag of oatmeal so my <laughs> question for you is what's your experience with physical mediumship if any i don't know i've never asked you this question and or apports and i'm sure that's a new word to a lot of we have a, over a thousand people live right now with us app right now what's an apport now, an app for it. Well, it's all different. So, so mediumship, uh, physical mediumship is very different than mental mediumship. So in physical mediumship, many times they will um, create um, um, uh, objects, uh, uh, flowers, rocks, so forth. And they create it by using an a substance called ectoplasm that comes out of the physical medium's body, out of the mouth, the ears, the nose. Um, and I was lucky enough to sit with a very famous physical medium by the name of Leslie Flynn. And oh, wow. Yeah. I was very fortunate three times to set with Leslie. And if everybody can listen to his I'm Online, is a uh, Leslie Flint Foundation, where Queen Victoria comes through and uh, Ruta Valentino comes through, Oscar Wilde comes through. And I was lucky to sit there. And it was just when I was beginning as a medium. Uh, my teacher was good friends with Leslie. Leslie came to LA and then I sat in the room with 10 people in the dark. And um, it was just it was incredible in that um, it didn't happen for me the second, the first, the second, the third time uh, a man came through and he said, James, James, uh, I am, I'm a Frenchman and we believe in you, my friend. This is before I started the mediumship. He said, you're psychic, you're sensitive, you're going to write a book one day and travel over water. And I was like, okay. And I had this on a cassette tape. And then my mother came through and said, James, James, I love you. And she was her voice. It was actually her voice because they created artificial larynx in the air and they speak through it. So I had that experience. I also went to an experience which was a mind-blowing experience, I will say. When I went to Brazil, I bring groups of people to Brazil, to spiritual places in Brazil. And about 25 years ago, we went to a place called the Frey Louise Center in Rio. And they had 200 mediums, physical mediums there. And they would, once a month, it was an orphanage as well. And they would have the sickest children go to a house in the hill, they called it. And it was where they used it just for physical mediumship. So the ectoplasm could build up and build up and build up. And I was invited. I was a special guest that they invited me to come. And I said at five o'clock in the morning, you had to wear white cotton clothes, no no red meat, no sex, and no um, alcohol in 48 hours. I said, great. And we sat there for three hours and the music played beautiful music. And all of a sudden I'm watching and also on the stage, it's like, 
stage. It's it's a very red lit. You can see it, but it's red light. A fo formation starts, steam and formation, and a physical body starts to form. And it was a doctor, a surgeon, and I'm like sitting there going, huh? And one by one, they bring these children up on these beds, uh, I guess you'd say. And this this being, this doctor, has this crystal wand, and he goes to the different people, the kids, and he puts them different places, and then they carry them off, bring ten more up. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, I'd love to have this happen. So, but just to myself. And then there was a red flashlight and they said to me, come, come, come. I went on the stage, I sat laid down on the bed and I'm shaking and the medium, the, the, the apparition comes close to, close to me. And because I'm such a skeptical, cynical person, so I'm feeling the guy up. I'm like, is this real? Is this solid? Cause I just had to, my mind wanted to. I would have. Right? That's <laughs> yeah. my Side. I had to, and it was solid, very solid. Now, the interesting thing was, after that's done, you sit for about an hour and have soup and uh, tea or soup, because you feel like you're about to do surgery. I went back to the United States, and I went to my doctor, because I had had an ulcer. And he, I went back for a checkup, and he looked, and he said, what happened to your ulcer? I said, what do you mean? He goes, it's not here anymore. And it's exactly where this guy had the crystal, right where it was. And I wow. told him, that was pretty, that was another amazing experience I've had. Several different experiences, physical mediumship. And uh, I've, I've seen tables. I've been with tables walking out of a room, walking with a table. Yeah. You know, I usually don't get into this on my show and we've never brought up the word ectoplasm because we're trying to bring mediumship to the main, you know, mainstream. And but there's no proving these things. But when you have the personal experience of this, you can't deny it. I, I wrote the biographies of Mavis Batilla and, and Gaiman, and they they share stories when I trust them just like I trust you. Your integrity, your honesty are are beyond question in my mind. Same with those other two ladies. And they tell you stories and you just say, no way. But they open us up to the experience, the, the possibility of that experience happening for us as well. And it takes many years to develop physical mediumship. And, and, and I'm very, again, very skeptical people say they go to physical mediumship and they do it right away and i'm like you know i know what it takes it takes a long time to develop that so i'm very leery nowadays in our world i don't know many of them that exist i don't that i trust i don't i don't maybe i just i don't know them but there aren't many around that i know that are genuine that for that because that's mediumship in those days that developed remember there was no social media there was no television it was just radio right they, people, what they had to do but sit around and build the power right <laughs> Exactly right. Yes. They did the power with the yeah. ambers of the flame, and that's why it was red. And uh, but yes, it's and the trance mediumship is a little different in that trance you can be over overshadowed, and when you let yourself to yourself step back, you can let them come in and influence you and overshadowed. And I think part of mental mediumship we're overshadowed a bit. You you know that. Yeah. And when you let yourself re and for you as as your background, for you to surrender, boy, that might have been hard at first, right? To surrender, let them come in. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear this voice saying, speak, and I'm saying, about what? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but the, wow. more you do it, the more you can learn to surrender, the more you surrender, the more you're, you realize they have you and you're just the vessel for them to come through. It's, it's fabulous. It is so fabulous. What's so fabulous is, number one for me, you know, I can tell you, you don't lose the awe. No. After 40 years of being a medium, it's, it's no. isn't it exciting when we, we, get that flow and the, the good evidence mm. when, when i when i really but we change lives and when i when i lose that sense of awe and that miracles like then i don't do the work because it wouldn't be fair um, and and this is a good one for everyone that's listening or watching this 
um, someone people ask me, what's your favorite? I know you're going to ask me this. I'm psychic, so I'm going to beat you to it. So, <laughs> what, what memorable reading you've ever done, right? They probably asked you the same thing. Yes. It's hard to remember because we've done so many. So, But I do remember the one which sticks into my head, which I always uh, talk about. I told Stephen this. Um, I was Maui, Hawaii, and it was about 200 people in an audience. And I remember there was a spirit girl at the end of the audience, end of the demonstration, and there was a spirit girl about three years of age on the stage, blonde pigtails and a pink dress. And she said, I want to talk to my mommy and daddy. It's my birthday. It's my birthday. So I mentioned it to the audience, and I said, does it mean something to somebody? And a, a couple at the very end stood up. And this guy is a big bodybuilder guy, and his wife's there. I said, you understand that? Yes, that's our daughter. And the girl said, daddy, daddy, thank you for the angel wings, daddy. I love the, my birthday angel wings. The man turns around, stands up, turns around, takes off his T-shirt, and on his lats, oh, he tattooed big angel wings for his daughter's birthday, which was that night. <laughs> Everybody was, uh, oh yeah, God, know. how do you? I mean, but it never ends, and that's the thing. You know that every reading has the possibility to bring that kind of awe and healing and evidence. It, I love how you called it a mission because that's, yeah. and that's my military term. That's what it is to do this work. It's a mission. It's a mission. You're serving. You're serving humankind. And you always have to be at that level of that awareness that we are here to serve. And we are nothing more than that. You know, better or worse, we're all the same. We're here to serve and do the work. If we get caught up in, oh, how great was I? Then you're not doing it the right way. It's about the work. How many people have I served? And, and you know, and you've just got to be yourself because there'll be some people in your audience who get it and some people won't. This is, an, if you don't mind me telling another interesting story. <laughs> we love the stories. Okay. A lot of people think, well, when you pass over, what is it like? Well, you have the same mindset that you had in life, you'll have there. So I remember I was doing a reading um, for a lady in the audience, her aunt came through and it was good communication going on. And in the corner of, of my eye, as you know, on stage, you gotta be aware of so much going on. And I see the spirit gentleman walking toward me, his arms were folded and I knew that was her father and it was this girl's father in the audience. And I said to him telepathically, are you um, her daughter? And he goes, yes. Do you want to speak to her? And he said, why would I want to? I didn't believe it in life. Why would I believe in it now? And he, he watched the observation of the communication. And he realized it was real. That was, she understood things were being said. And he got closer and closer. And he said, can I give it a try? And he did. And he said, oh, my God, this is working. And he started crying, unfolding his arms. He, please tell her I love her. I wasn't able to tell her I loved her in life. I need to tell her now. Please tell her I'm sorry. I didn't know how to love, so I couldn't love her. And that was what it, that was that night. <laughs> oh, oh, so beautiful this work. Gosh. So you do you see them objectively all the time outside of you? For me, it I, uh, most of my imagery is subjective on the screen of my mind, and that mostly subjective, rarely objectively. I've seen them objectively, rarely, um, not I subjectively. Um, objectively, sometimes when I least suspect it, um, that I say more subjectively, yeah, and that's more common as a medium. So that, yes, definitely more common. That was a misconception I had. I thought, how can I be a medium? I'm not seeing them out here in the room, and it's very rare. Yeah, your mind dies. They use the screen of the mind. Yes. So how about when you're not working? Uh, do you get drop-ins often, or are you just shut off? No, 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 because I believe the proper way of development, which unfortunately... Now we're finding out, and I talk about this in te my teaching, that you have to be taught the correct way. And I, I, I'm the first to say it. Um, I think the show, the Trish Caputo, Long Island Medium, she's a nice lady, I've met her very sweet, but was unfortunate, the producers take that show 
and they present it a certain way, the wrong way, in that, you know, no medium can be open all the time. Yeah. When you up, you have to learn how to open it, close that down, because I say it's like a ceiling uh, fan. If that motor's turned on all the time, it's going to burn out. Absolutely. Same with our adrenal system. We've got to be very careful of the adrenals, because the adrenal system works with different organs of the body and the energetic, energetic body. So you have to, when you're working, and again, like you said earlier, it's such sacred work that you know when you have to be get ready for that sacred work, turn on and be there for them, and then you close down. So people say, oh, you see anyone around me? I say, no, I'm not working. I'm not that's working. right, that's right. I just love it when people come up to you. So so do you see my loved ones? Do you have a message for me? And I say, no, <laughs> I'm not working. <laughs> but it's, Thank it's, goodness. They, they've been misled. There's misinformation out there about how they can how they can do that, like that show, and that's unfortunate. And that's why I did the show Ghost Whisperer, because I want to show a little bit about how people have this misconception about things, and that love and healing is the way that people can move on. It was done in a little bit of a, unfortunately, I had a lot of battles with that show, because Hollywood, Hollywood and spirituality is like, and I was upset with, with the spirit world. I was upset. I said, how could you let this happen with fear? And, and I was like, it's not being shown the right way with this fear. And they said, James, Look at the bigger picture. People that are tuning in are questioning life after death. That's yeah. what I'm Okay. I, I yeah. get it now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hmm. So I'm excited because not only are you teaching the class with the Shift Network coming up and having the event and all, so we all get to see you more, but you and I will see each other again in person at the Helping Parents Heal Conference That's in correct. 2024. In Phoenix, right? Phoenix Scottsdale. Phoenix Scottsdale. Yeah. So anybody who's a member of Helping Parents Heal, you have an opportunity to watch James do his work in person and hear his talks. You just I love that you get that it's all about love. I mean, so many people don't realize that that's the bottom line, isn't it? That's what it's all about. I mean, that's what we take. Love is only this real. Fear is a fear is a limited human emotion. Fear was created here on this earth level. Not in the spirit world. Fear is of a it's a human emotion. They don't have fear over there. The only fear is here. And I always say fear means F-E-A-R, false ego appearing real. <laughs> See? Mm -hmm. yeah. And God to me is that people say, What's your religion? I say, Well, it's love. And one of the experiences I've had also with it is that sense that we are connected, completely connected, that we're all connected in some way. There's no separation. And I say, you know. We are one. And they said, what is that? I said, one, O-N-E, omnipresent nurturing energy. Which oh, is a new acronym. Everybody, we <laughs> yeah. love our acronyms, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> which is love. Love is one. One is love. Nice. Well, I know you have another event to get through, so I'm not going to get to your big demonstration. And I'm not going to keep you the full hour because... You've had a hectic day as it is, but let's not. It all worked out though, didn't it? I mean, strange as it is, amazing. I'm so excited. We never had this many people live, so you, I Thank love you. that they got to uh, experience you today. But let what would you say that we didn't cover? What do you want to make sure you say? Um, there, well, I, you know, there there were no accidents, even though we think there are. I always say divine intervention, even though it appears like an accident. I often think that there are souls that we have soul groups that we agree on things before we come back to this incarnation. And that whether it's suicides, whether it's addictions, whatever it might be, I think that things are divinely planned. But I do think there are some times where someone's free will can get involved and create something to happen. But I think that we have to realize that um, as soul groups, our family are our greatest teachers because we're so connected to them, right? Yeah. And like us. And um, 
that I, I often tell people, make sure the, a successful life to me is if you come back on this earth and you made it a better place than it was when you found it, that's the secret for a good life. I really believe that is. So people do that and, and treat people, you know, since we've had the COVID and all that, people get a little grouchy or depressed or whatever. I find now, Suzanne, which I love doing this, I'll be in a store and I'll smile and someone's down and say, you are such a beautiful eyes or, oh, I love you. I'll make, I'll change the energy and shift the energy to make it more positive because you never know how you're going to touch someone's life each day. Each day that people that you meet on your path are either a student or a teacher. And I think it's our responsibility to, uh, you know, bring that loving energy we know to them, to share that with them, not to force it, but just share. Wow. Well, thank you. It's my four, four, four right now, isn't it? Four, four, four. How perfect! <laughs> I love it. Around us. <laughs> All right. Well, I thank you for being the teacher to millions of people, James. And absolutely, you. Even though you didn't have to write all those books and be in all those TV shows, you are a successful person according to your definition. You know, you you brought a lot of love into this world, and you just radiated it and model it. Thank you for honoring us on the show today. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Susanna. I really you appreciate it. You are so welcome. All right, everybody. James Ventron, check out his work, and we'll see you back here next time. Bye-bye. Are you ready to ignite your best life and illuminate the world? I'm Stephanie James. I'm a motivational speaker, transformation coach, and psychotherapist. And what lights me up is helping people just like you create the greatest versions of themselves. On my podcast, Igniting the Spark, I will help you ignite your joy and reach new heights in your personal and professional life. Join me for some incredible conversations with authors, spiritual teachers, and other influential thought leaders to help guide you on your way. If you are ready to stop playing small, join me for Igniting the Spark on the mindbodyspirit.fm network or wherever you get your podcasts and ignite your best life.